We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Football Podcasts are presented to you by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. Now is a great time to be checking out Yahoo for your daily fantasy play because they are running their largest tournament in the history of Daily Fantasy on Yahoo. $1 million in guaranteed payouts with a $250,000 guaranteed overlay coming out of their pocket. And as always, a 10 entry max. If you haven't checked out Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports, do it this week. $1 million up for grabs over at Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Week 14 Gilcast here on the Roto Grinders Podcast Network. I'm Sammy Reed. I'm joined by Nate Noling. We do not have Davis Maddock on the show. Davis's lineup was so bad and so egregious, and he's such a fish that he just couldn't stand to be on the show. He couldn't stand to get ripped by Nate. You know, he really likes to rip Nate and tilt Nate for being a fish. But when he's a fish, you know, he ducks out. That's that's the Maddock move. That's what Davis so. does. Yeah, that's that's the Maddock move. So it's just me and Nate here. Uh, Nate, how was your Sunday, man? Uh, it was good. One on the main slate, and then uh, the Bears won uh, here versus the Rams with a huge win. So, feeling feeling pretty good. You know what? Screw that, dude. I'm so tilted. I'm on, like, severe seasonal tilt. And I actually think it's okay to talk about seasonal tilt here on the Gilcast. Now we're on week – okay, now we're in the playoffs. I get it. Not on week five, six. Nobody cares about your seasonal team. But week 14, let the listeners hear it. Well, it's just one of those things where, you know, when we do the baseball podcast, nobody gives a rat's ass about seasonal baseball, you know, especially you. But I, but I talk about it to tilt you. But everybody who plays DFS football also plays seasonal football, so they can relate, you know. Um, but I had Todd Gurley, and uh, that didn't go well. And I'm just good and pissed off, man. I'm super pissed. How good is this Bears defense? I thought defense didn't matter. I thought that was a thing. Does it matter? Because tonight I was watching the game. It kind of looked like it mattered. I don't know. Just just watching the film. Yeah, I, w- I, I would have to say it does. I mean, it's this, this defense is good. This defense is good. It's super legit. Do you think it's like more the players or more the scheme? Because obviously Khalil Mack's a beast, but it, it wasn't really him that like had a huge tangible impact on this game. I mean, I think it's both. I think uh, it's a good mix of athleticism. I think overall, Roquan Smith covers a lot more on the field than, than what we were expecting out of his rookie season. And what a great I, pick he was. Yeah, he, he's been great. 
Fangio obviously sets us up well from like a, a scheme perspective, but I think we also have, I mean, that line defensive pressure, I mean, every play, it doesn't matter. There's always pressure coming from that defensive line, whether or not Max in or not, you know, uh, Hicks had a great game again. I mean, there's just a ton of, yeah, Floyd is a beast too. I mean, this this team has has some really solid players. Dude, they put the Rams on tilt today. They like, did. On tilt. Like, McVay was just calling timeouts out of nowhere. Goff was throwing the ball, like, right into the ground. Like, Todd Gurley was just falling over. Like, dude, everything was a complete disaster. The Rams, like, straight imploded. It was disgusting. And the, and the best thing was the Bears on offense just, like, sold out to stop Aaron Donald. And they, they basically just took, like, three offensive linemen on him. And Aaron Donald was literally a non-factor in the game. It was, like, it was great. Yeah, and lo and behold, the Rams actually don't have any other good defensive players. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. It's like – and I think Trubisky doesn't have to be good. He just has to be able to move Obviously. the ball enough to, you know, to not give the game away. And so, I think Trubisky can be that good. I mean – He, I he did I He did his best. I mean, he yeah. was trying to match Goff pick for pick. I mean, they really had a – they really had an epic back and forth of, of ineptitude. Yeah. Trubisky had some egregious overthrows. But Trubisky is so terrible. <laughs> but again, I don't think he needs to be that great for the Bears to be able to win and, and be successful. Well, clearly not. You're the Bears are what nine and four. Uh, yep. Just beat the Rams at home, and Trubisky is not good. He hasn't been good all year. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, as long as you have great play calling, I think like great play calling can make up for bad quarterback play quite a bit. Yeah, you just need, need a bunch of Jordan Howard. I'm sure you played a bunch of Jordan Howard in showdown. <laughs> uh, a bunch of offensive linemen or defensive linemen who can run and catch touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, that was a sweet play. Um, yeah. Let's let's get into the main slate, Nate. And before we kind of go into our plays, talk about how you decided to attack this slate from just an overall lineup building perspective because there was a real – interesting dynamic here with you know two cheap run, uh, running backs in Jeff Wilson and Jalen Samuels and then there was you know two cheaper receivers Cortland Sutton and Chris Godwin who mm-hmm. both looked like they could get into elevated roles and it was really like how which two of them you, you put in did you yeah. go two cheap running backs two cheap receivers what, what did you do and how did you choose to attack this yeah, I think decision one for almost everybody this week was whether or not you were going with two cheap running backs. And I think, um, you know, that was kind of the question I think everybody had to build around. And I think if you – wherever you decided to go there was kind of the fork in the road uh, for lineups this week. Personally, for me, uh, I chose not to go with two cheap running backs. I thought that that – even though I thought they were both great values, I said I have to pick one of these three that are in play. And obviously the three that were in play was um, – was Wilson, was um, Jackson, and was Samuels. Samuels. Obviously, I think I ranked um, Wilson, Samuels, Jackson. I did but, as well. Um, and then I said, okay, I need to pick one of these three just because I think the opportunity cost at the running back position. It was so clear you were playing three running backs this week. You were paying up for one of the big three in Saquon, Zeke, and CMC. Um, and I thought, if you paid down for the other two that you would just miss, whether it was Aaron Jones, whether it was, um, whether it was David Johnson, whether it was Nick Chubb, I thought there were many other running backs that were in good spots that I just said, like, 
there was so much potential for Jackson Samuels and Wilson to flop and end up with like eight or six points where some of those other guys could have easily put up 25, 30 pointers where I just thought the opportunity costs, even though they were good value plays, I didn't like the construction. Have, have you played a receiver in your flex on DraftKings and cash all season? I don't think I have. I don't think I have. I think I've been close. Yeah. And, and I've considered doing two tight ends as well, but at yeah. one point I'm like, wait, I'm a fish. I can't do that. Um, I, so, so the way I kind of thought about this and cause you went to cheap running backs, right? I did. I did. And honestly, I didn't love it. I mean, I had a lot of the same thoughts that you did about it. Um, but at some point, and you know, I mean, Cardi was Derek Cardi, uh, was big team two cheap, uh, running back. And I do kind of agree with his point that the volume of these, st- of these step-in running backs is a lot more assured than the volume of step-in wide receivers. And but the Samuels thing was the scary thing for me. I just thought Samuels could have easily been like a five carry where Ridley gets all the carries and then like six targets and that's it. Like we had no idea what the Samuels workload was going to be. I, I agree. And I had all we had was coach speak. Yeah, I had uh, I had Wilson firmly ahead of him. Um, Samuels ended up outscoring Wilson like sixteen to ten, right in that range. But Wilson had twenty three rushes and two targets. I mean, his and he had nine targets last week. So you know, it was one of those deals where the Niners actually were ahead a lot in this game, and I think that took away from the targets that Wilson Jr. was going to get and. Uh, you know that that wasn't really foreseen, honestly. Like I, I didn't I didn't think that the Niners would actually beat Denver. Yeah. So, um, but but yeah, I ended up going two cheap guys. But the only reason I did that, I didn't love it. I really wanted to go with two expensive uh, running backs. I really wanted two of CMC, Zeke, and Saquon. Uh, but what I ended up doing is uh, going with two expensive wide receivers and an expensive tight end and you know, at the end of the day, like that second cheap running back made so many improvements to, to different positions that I, I just ended up going with a, with a lineup like that. And the reality was Jalen Samuels was, was, was 67% owned, you know, even if he snapped, it wasn't that bad. So, or yeah. wait, I'm, I'm looking at our, I'm sorry. I'm looking at our, uh, our three man Samuels was 62% owned. So pretty, yeah, he, he was pretty, he was very high owned. Yeah, I, I just was surprised at how many people were on Samuels over Wilson. To me, I had Wilson clearly ahead. I did uh, too. Jackson, Jackson was almost just like a coach speak slash like hope. Uh, no, he was he was GPP only. Like if you played if you played Jackson in cash, you are definitely a fish. Yeah, but, I, I mean, thought, there's I, just I, no ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah. So uh, okay, so let's get into our lineups and. I mean, you and I scored. We got there in different routes, but we scored very similar. I was just over 143. You were just under 143, but that was just yeah, you, enough you to get me out with the point zero point five with the Zeke overtime game. Oh, oh, dude, Zeke overtime got me there. I mean, yeah, I I ran hot to get above the cash line with that because the cash line was at like 141 and change. Yeah, I thought I was, I was doing great, and that I, I had one forty-two point eight, and then the Zeke thing started going off, and I was like, "Oh crap!" And then the game went into overtime. He crossed the hundred-yard bonus. I was like, "Oh frick!" Yeah, still, you knew you were still screwed. Survived, 
Still survived. Yeah, it was it was very clutch. Uh, Davis Maddock uh, did not survive. Davis Maddock put up a cash game score of one twenty four point five eight. What a fish! What a that was, that fish. Was, you know, it, it's more of an art. You know, it's more of an art than a science. You know, Nate, come on, mates. Nate, it's just a field game. <laughs> it's just a field game. <laughs> uh, Davis did not have the feel, but. Uh, let's, uh, you know, let's talk a little bit about what the non-fish did. That's you and I, uh, what did you do a quarterback here? So a quarterback, um, I was pretty set on Lamar Jackson all week. I got a little bit nervous when I heard that, uh, uh, Flacco was going to be active. That scared me a little bit, but once I heard active or Flacco was inactive, I was all in on Lamar Jackson. I don't think people realize how much Baltimore, uh, from a, pace standpoint has been up recently uh baltimore has had like the highest plays per game over the past couple weeks i thought in a game where the chiefs were going to put up some points i thought baltimore was going to have to put up some points as well um and i think the chiefs defense has like allows you to run on them um from a quarterback perspective i just thought from a scheme standpoint i thought lamar jackson was going to run free here i literally was like hoping for a hundred yard rushing game here from Lamar. He didn't get there, uh, you know, but he, uh, he had, he still had 20 points, which. Hey, I mean, if you want hundred yard rushing games, you got to play Josh Allen, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I totally thought Lamar was going to have it in this game versus the chiefs. I thought the chiefs were going to put up points and then it was just going to be a bunch of Lamar dropbacks where the receivers were going deep and then him just running the ball. Like, yeah, I thought he was going to have a whole bunch of garbage time stuff, but it didn't end up that like that. No, because it was a really competitive game. So I was not on Lamar Jackson. I, I felt like his floor was was low. And I know, like, stylistically, he's a higher floor guy because of the rushing yards. You know, he'll always have seven to eight points, like, right in the bag like that. Um, but I just thought there was a scenario where Baltimore just got wrecked in this game and got blown out of the building. And that didn't happen. They hung in there. So, um, so Lamar scored – Dude, I didn't love any of the quarterbacks, though, honestly. Like, I didn't love Deshaun Watson. I didn't love Aaron Rodgers. I didn't love – I actually liked probably Jameis the best, and he wasn't that good either, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, had, a, I had a tough time. I liked Rivers a little bit, um, but I thought it was going to be too much of a blowout. I yeah. Obviously, I thought Mahomes was okay, but at 7K, I didn't feel like paying for it. Yeah, he only, he only threw for like 377 and two touchdowns, you know. Just, just did Mahomes things. Yeah, Mahomes is so good. Yeah, but even that, I mean, what did he end up with? Like 24 DraftKings points? It wasn't almost 25, but it's like that's not that much of an edge when you're paying an extra thousand bucks. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. so uh, I ended up going with Deshaun Watson, and I didn't love that decision. Um, Deshaun hasn't been throwing for a ton of yardage or even that many attempts lately. But I was kind of – I kind of felt like this game, he'd played a bunch of cupcake-ass teams. And I was like, dude, this is going to be a good game between Indian and Houston. Like, they're going to go back and forth. I think there's going to be some scoring here. And, uh, I mean, it just wasn't that good. I mean, he – you know, he was okay. Like, 18 points. He was fine. But, like, that's – it's kind of whatever. I, I didn't love that play. And, frankly, like, I probably could have found a better quarterback option. How many times did he end up throwing the ball, actually? Because I, I think the thing with Deshaun is it's hard to figure out, like, is this real, what we've seen with their low passing attempts, or is this just, like, a function of their opponents? 
Um, what did he end up passing? Ended up with uh, 38 attempts. Okay, so that was more than I would have expected. For yeah, 38 attempts and five five rushing attempts for 35 yards. You know, his team's leading rusher. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. So, I mean, 38 is the most he's had since week five. You know, I mean, that's a huge bump because he saw – so that's – I mean, you were right based on playing him because you thought you were going to see a volume increase. So. Yeah, well – Whatever. I, I don't feel right. I don't feel right. Like it was, it was fine, you know, 18 points. But that's the thing about quarterbacks is like they almost always end up in this narrow band between 18 and 24 points. And it's, did you score? You. Yeah. Did you throw two touchdowns or three? Did you hit the bonus or didn't you? That's going to get you 18, 21, or 24. And sometimes you'll see the outliers, but for the most part, that's what you get at quarterback. So, yeah, quarterback's very rarely going to win or lose you the week. Yeah. Okay. So here's, here's the interesting part. What did you do at running back, Nate? You did. Well, I know what you did, but <laughs> yeah, this, this is where it was interesting. So obviously I think uh, everybody was playing one of the top three running backs uh, between Zeke, Saquon or CMC. Uh, I had them ranked, I think raw points. I, I had Saquon, CMC, Zeke. Those were my like, those were how I ranked those three. Mm-hmm. Um, and Saquon got there, I mean, in three quarters of work, which was kind of tilting because I was hoping it was just going to, he was going to add on. But Saquon should have ran for 300 in this game. He literally only had 14 touches. If he would have had like, he literally was out for like, I think with two minutes left in the third, they pulled him and they, like, he didn't touch the ball again the whole game. Yeah, they should have they should have Jamal Lewis this and just gave yeah. him like 32 rushes and let him set the all-time record of like 350 yards that nobody would ever break ever. Dude, it was tilting. Like yeah. in the third quarter I'm like, dude, Saquon's going for 250. Saquon's <laughs> going for 250. Nope. And I'm but, like, I can't believe I faded Saquon. I'm such an I'm such a fish. But yeah, I just had Saquon here and I was even more confident in Saquon after I heard about the Odell news. Uh yeah, I mean, I just thought Saquon was so clearly going to be the, the focal point of his offense. He can do so much when he gets the ball from a target perspective or from a rushing attempt standpoint that he's – yeah, I just thought he was the smash play. Obviously, you're splitting hairs between CMC and Zeke here, but I just went Saquon. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was more of a price thing. I liked them all. Yeah. And at some point, it's like I, I like all of you. Do I really know who's going to smash the hardest? Not really. Um, you know, some, sometimes a guy gets in the end zone once, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes a guy gets in twice and the other guy gets in zero. Or I the mean, guy blows out his team by – the team blows him out by 40 and doesn't play a fourth quarter. Yeah, exactly. It's, imagine imagine the New York Giants blowing somebody out by like 40 points. Yeah, I did not see that in any range of outcomes that I had predicted. So No, that was, that was wild as hell. Um, yeah. Okay, so you went with Saquon, which I thought was a great pick. Uh, and then you went with one of the cheap guys. That was Jeff Wilson, Wilson. Jr. And then my, my contrarian was DJ. Uh, I went David Johnson at running back, which a lot – I mean, I think some people might have been on him in tournaments, but I don't think many people were on him much for cash games. I thought that the workload that DJ has been seeing, uh, I think over the past – since week 11, he's second in overall offensive share – only behind Zeke, uh, he's first in overall team touch uh, percent of team touches, I think. But um, yeah, I mean, I just thought he was smash here, and I think um, if he didn't get taken with his two touchdowns last week, 
he would have Cut. been like a chalk Cut. play. He would have been a chalk play, I think, and I'm not going to let some touchdown variance spoil it. I mean, when the workload is clearly there uh, at his price tag, I thought he was like a jam of in play. So this is really interesting because I want to call you a fish uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, you are a fish. Number two, I didn't really consider DJ a cash play, but I get the case for it because like I wrote him up this week as a tournament play because of that offensive touch share. And I do agree that if Edmonds hadn't cucked him twice last week and, and DJ had gotten the two touchdowns, people would have been like, oh, 6.5. And then, you know, it, it's kind of it's kind of where the feel goes in. I just I, I thought this game could be really, really bad. Uh, who, who's the dude, Snacks Harrison, that Detroit got? They've been really good against the rush lately. And I was like, dude, they've been they've been smashing running backs. It's all bad. I just think this game could be terrible. I don't want any pieces of any of it from any side. I don't want any players from this game. And so I kind of took DJ out of my cash consideration. It was kind of a weird spot for you, Nate. I'm going to be honest because most people, I think either went two of the elite running backs and one low price guy, or they went two low price guys and one elite running back. You thought you could get that usage for a couple grand less and it let you do some other things with your lineup. Um, I want to call yeah, you. A, I was, I was but, stuck between three running backs in that second spot, and it was going to be DJ Chubb or Aaron Jones, and I went DJ. I no, thought it's it, it's DJ between them yeah. because because you can't like with a, I mean Chubb's on the Browns, so I think that's usually bad. <laughs> and then Aaron Jones, we just can't be assured of his workload. So in yeah. cash. He's great in tournaments, but I don't think you can play a guy like that in cash, right? Yeah, now. I wasn't able to build a lineup that I liked with going with two of the high price running backs. I just wasn't. So Yeah, I really tried to do it. I tried to do it all week and I just couldn't do it. And I was and I was bummed. And you know, we talk about this position by position, but all these things really flow together. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the a decision you make at running back, it's not just like Oh, you know, I thought Jalen Samuels was awesome. It's what did he allow you to do at receiver? What did you do and what did you not do that a lot of other people did? So that was, you know, that that all flows into each other. Um, talk a little bit. Oh, I guess I'll talk a little bit about what I did. I was going to say, talk, yeah, you, you went the chalk three, right? Uh, I, I think so. Um, yeah. I, went, I went Zeke, Wilson Jr., and Jalen Samuels. Yeah, I think that was the chalkiest combination probably. Yeah. And, and, and it was probably the sharpest too. Well, I mean, I, it, again, I thought with Zeke versus Saquon or CMC, I mean, when I wrote my column, my, my cash lineup had CMC and Zeke in it. And I was like, I'm not fading CMC for a third week in a row. Cause I'm not a fish. And, uh, and then I ended up fading him. <laughs> and then he scored two touchdowns and I was like, dude, I need to just delete my freaking account right now. All of it. Twitter account, self-exclude DraftKings, just crawl into a hole, you know, crawl into a bowl and swim around, you know, because I'm a fish. But Zeke ended up smashing, and I think he ran fairly good, obviously, to get to, you know, the bonus, et cetera, uh, in overtime. But, dude, he scored 34 DraftKings points, and he didn't score a touchdown. I mean, Zeke had 28 targets – or 28 rushing attempts and 13 targets. Yeah. And, the, and the thing is – yeah, I mean, Zeke's been, I think over his last four before this game, Zeke was at like 6.8 targets per game. Yeah. I mean, they've been using him a ton in the passing game, and so we need to realize that shift. 
Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, Saquon, he was getting more looks than Saquon over the last month through the air. Yeah, so, Zeke was definitely a good play. Yeah, so it wasn't, I mean, and again, it wasn't like I was so confident he would smash over the other guys. It was just like, he's a couple hundred bucks cheaper and I needed it. Yeah, that was really it. So, yeah. Um, as far as Jalen Samuels went, I had the same reservations as you did. I saw like a five to six reception um, you know, eight carry kind of game. And I mean, that, that is kind of what he did, right? Yeah. That's almost exactly what he did. He, he had a lo- couple more rushing attempts. I think he had 11 rushing attempts and seven targets. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of higher than I thought my median expectation for him was he was not good on the ground, you know, 11 rushes for 28 yards, but he caught seven for 64. And anytime you have a guy who could potentially do that at, whatever he was, 3.7, 3.8, 3.7. I thought it was fine. I I wasn't in love with it. I did not play him in tournaments um, because I thought he was one of those plays that, like, he could easily just have a meh game and Mm -hmm. not score touchdowns. And that's, you know, he was fine. He was 16.2 for less than four grand. He got value. So, you know, I'm not mad about it, but I'm not going to sit here and say I loved it. Yeah. So the other, so when we get into wide receiver, this is where I also pivoted as well from the chalk play. Um, the chalk play was, uh, I mean, I think Keenan was probably the, the highest owned of the high price, which I did go Keenan. I thought Keenan was in a smash spot here. Yeah, he was, um, he was 40%. Yeah, Keenan was my high price. And then uh, Sutton, I think, was probably chalk for most people as well. Uh, went Sutton, which didn't work out. But the pivot I made which I actually wanted to talk about was um, I went Shepard over Godwin. Um, and obviously result wise, it's hard to talk about this because the game flow for Shepard got so weird where they got up to 40 and they didn't pass the ball more than like, I mean, he was, he probably only ran like 15 routes because the game was so crazy, but he did end up scoring a touchdown, but Godwin got 10 targets. But the reason I went with Shepard was because Shepard with Odell out was the clear number one wide receiver target. And I thought he had the highest target share projection on the team where Godwin was like third or fourth behind Evans, Humphreys, Brait, or with in line with Brait. And so I, I didn't feel like paying up for Godwin when I thought that getting the number one target on the, on the giants where I think if we would have seen four, if we would have seen four quarters here, I think Shepard easily could have had 12 targets, you know? So I'm going to, I'm going to question your reasoning a little bit here in that, you know, you play say Odell's out, right? So you're like, I'm going to play Saquon because Saquon is clearly going to be, you know, their top guy, but I'm also going to play Shepard because he's going to be their top receiving option. Yeah. And what you're doing is kind of saying, okay, that work is really going to filter to those two guys a lot more, which may or may not be true, but it's the New York Giants. You know? But you're evacuating 30% of the team's targets. Yeah, but they're, they're Eli Manning targets. I mean, I don't care like, who's throwing the ball. I, like how much – that's the thing. I would not want to be overexposed to the New York football Giants on the road in a divisional game against a – decent defense so that's that's where yeah, I kind of I just think when you get the number like 
I don't know. I had Shepard as like a 24% target share guy here. Um, and the, and the leading target share for New York, where I had Tampa Bay, their target share was a lot more spread out where I had Evans at 24%, Godwin at 20%, Humphreys at 20%, Brait at 15%. So like, yeah, but Godwin, isn't Godwin at a 20% share better than Shepard at a 24? Because no, Shepard is a, from a cash perspective. Yeah. Shepherd because, a, because has a much higher catch rate and much higher target, uh, overall touchdown projection here because at 24%. I mean, there was no other, there was no other rent red zone guys who were going to take the targets where I thought Evans Humphreys Brait are all guys who can take some of these, the touchdown projection from Godwin. I mean, and that's, and, and that is Godwin true. was third in targets last week in the exact same situation with DJX out. He doesn't become the number one target all of a sudden where Shepard becomes the number one target. I just, I mean, dude, we've been playing the the Bucks QBs all season because all they do is throw downfield and throw for a ton of yards. Like I know, but one of these guys went from getting eight targets a week to all of a sudden being the number one guy, where one guy goes from getting two targets a week to now being the third guy. Like, I like Godwin obviously from a talent perspective, but like Shepard has, I don't know. I thought Shepard was like, I felt good about that pivot this week. Well, I think you're a fish, Nate. But Shepard did run hot and catch that touchdown, just like you were saying. You know, he didn't run hot. He, <laughs> he, he took that. He took that end zone love and just like just like you predicted. I mean, he caught two passes, which I mean is is actually more than Chris Godwin caught. <laughs> Chris Godwin had one reception. I mean, Eli literally only threw 22 passes. Like, he dropped back 22 times. I bet – I wouldn't be surprised if Shepard ran more than 20 routes. Like, yeah, Shepard would uh, – Jameis threw 38 times. Yeah. So, I'm no mathematician, but I'd rather have 20% of 38 attempts than 24% of 22 game, attempts. You couldn't have projected the game flow to get up to 40%. We're not going to talk about this. The game flow. <laughs> I mean, dude, you just you, – you, it, it's a field game, Nate. It's a field game. Should have felt that the Giants were going to get up by 40. <laughs> uh, so at receiver, I did play Chris Godwin, who got 10 targets. Um, but he only caught one for 13 yards. So that was that was my Chris Godwin day. He was 43% owned. Um, he led the week in air yards, if, if you care about those. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I had Manny Sanders the week before when he led the week in air yards. And, I mean, he had a pretty good game, but. I'm just I'm just heavy on the air yards, you know what I mean? I like air yards, Nate. Well, yeah, Chris Godwin, 173 yeah. air yards, only converted 13 of them. <laughs> Jesus <Good>. Christ. <laughs> so egregious, bro. A racer of .08. Oh, my God. That might be one of the most inefficient games we've seen this year on that much volume. Yeah, that's, that's not good. It's not good. Um, I went Godwin – Keenan Allen and DeAndre Hopkins. So I had a kind of I had a kind of interesting setup. I just I liked both Sutton and Godwin, but at the end of the day, I just felt like there's so much variance in receivers, especially low price receivers. And I thought that one or both of them could bust, and I didn't want to have two busts in my lineup. I just thought there was such a higher chance that one of the receivers busted then somebody like Jalen Samuels busted. And that was what ended up making me money on this slate. Um, 
Hopkins wasn't great. I mean, he got a lot of targets, but he really wasn't having a good game. Uh, the Deshaun Watson to Hopkins touchdown in the fourth quarter, like got me there. Yeah. That was, that was a big play for me. Um, he ended up only going four for 36 with one touchdown. I think he had like 10 targets though. So that's, yeah. that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. I'm not going to hate on Hopkins at all. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I might've not gone Watson and Hopkins because then you're like tying too much of your cash game floor to like a weaker stack. Like I, I liked Watson and Hopkins, but I didn't think it was like an elite stack. So I think, I think if you're going to stack guys in cash, you should probably like have it be an elite stack. Um, and I don't think that was, so I should have gone with somebody different at quarterback, I think because of that. So that was, that was kind of a fishy move by me. I'm just still staring at this Chris Godwin line. <laughs> this is the third most inefficient game we've seen this year on this volume. Ooh, who are the, who are the first and second? Uh, Philip Dorsett in week three saw 127 air yards and converted zero for the least for the most inefficient. Sorry. And then Travis Benjamin had 152 air yards in week one and only converted it for one reception yard. Ah, Godwin. Chris oh. Godwin right there. Godwin joining the Holy Trinity of Travis Dorsett. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Uh, that's that's really bad. Right Your boy last week, Julio. <sighs> Julio had 181 air yards last week and only converted it for 18. Dude, if, if we got fantasy points for air yardage, I would probably be, be rich. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Just, just all sorts of mythical dollars just raining around me with air yard money. Sammy, it's a little bit of a field game. Yeah. Oh, damn, I kind of kind of walked into that one, didn't I? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> F me, right? <laughs> uh, tight end. What'd you do with tight end? I went Kelsey because I like having the best tight end available. That, that was a good choice. Uh, Kelsey had a really nice game. He didn't do that much in the second half, though. He could have had a smash game. Yeah. I was pretty tilted because I thought he – I mean, he had like 20 at half. Yeah. And then did like nothing. I was hoping for another huge Kelsey spot here because he was not owned nearly what I thought he was going to be. What was what was he owned? Uh, I just closed that. Hold on, I, I got it. He was he was thirty one percent owned. So oh, I thought I saw it was lower. It was pretty high for a tight end. Yeah. Yeah, Still, he, he had to be the number one tight end. I think that's the route a lot of people ended up going is is paying up for for Kelsey with the value at receiver and running back. Yeah, you went fish and faded Kelsey, right? I did. Um, but it wasn't that fish because I had Eric Ebron who just scores a touchdown every week. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and yet again, he scored another touchdown. I mean, dude, what do you have? Like 16 targets last week? Yeah, he had eight targets this week. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously I didn't like him as much as Travis Kelsey, but it was just one of those things where I was like – you know, it, I could get that second elite wide receiver and have two high-priced, high-target wide receivers for a small downgrade. I didn't consider the downgrade from Kelsey to Ebron that significant. Mm -hmm. um, and so I thought that was, that was a trade-off I was willing to take. 
Yeah, I, I don't know why I wasn't looking at Ebron much. I think the three tight ends I was looking at this week was Kelsey, Kittle, and Ertz. But, um, Talk. Did you I have Kittle and GPPs? I, I had Kittle and GPP, which was nice. But So strong. I did too. Um, but I also had him paired with some not-so-nice guys and Cortland Sutton. But uh, what are you I did do? too. <laughs> this Cortland Sutton game, I mean, whoa, what? Okay, so I didn't play. I ended up not playing Sutton. You ended up not playing Sutton. No, I did uh, play Sutton. Oh, you did? I did play Sutton. Oh, yeah, that's right, because you're a fish. Davis played him too, I'm sure. Yeah, Davis. Because he, he scored 124 points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Davis. I mean, I, 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 just, I just wanted my cheap wide receiver to be tied to Jameis Winston at home against the Saints rather and than – not Case Keenum. Yeah, not Case and, – and that's like – I mean, that's just kind of lucky, I, I guess. I mean, it's not like Sutton was – Sutton had 3.3. I think he outscored Godwin, so what can I say? Yeah, I just thought Sutton had like massive volume of this offense here. I mean, I just – Again, I think I have to get better. Like my leak here is like when people are out, I'm over projecting um, targets here. I think that's, that's what I'm learning. Like my takeaway, you know, I think it was a couple weeks ago with San Francisco where I over projected uh, born. He played born in cash. I remember that. Yeah. It was like two, three weeks ago. I think I might've potentially maybe overvalued Shepard here, but Sutton, I had projected for like a massive target share. And it ended up being like the Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton game. <laughs> I mean, and that's, and that's the thing. What I'm talking about when you get down to it is when a, when a running back steps into a role, you can be pretty sure of the volume, you know. Uh, when a wide receiver changes roles, it's a lot more variable. And, so, and, and a lot of times that extra volume that you think is going to happen doesn't end up happening. I mean, so it was so sharp to just do Deshaun at yeah. the stone minimum in GPPs. I wouldn't have played him in cash, but I mean, maybe yeah, we Tim, should have considered him instead. Yeah, I mean, literally Tim Patrick and Deshaun Hamilton all both outscored or out, out-targeted Sutton. I mean, it was like Sutton's workload didn't change at all, and uh, Patrick and Hamilton's did. So that was tilting. I mean, but I that's... I think it was just a leak from my game. Like, I just... I'm noticing more and more. I, I, I just I need to add more variance to target projections when there are inactives like that. And I think that's my leak is like I'm projecting the target share project like my target share projections are too tight when people are out. Where it just needs to be a whole lot more volatile. Where when there's guys who are active, we we know what like the Rams target share is gonna be when when it's you know, or we know what the you know, the target share is going to be for, you know, teams where it's like everybody's active, but when people are inactive, it adds so much volatility. And I, I, I haven't done a good enough job accounting for that. Nate, this is, I think the first genuine L you've ever taken on this podcast. No, it's not. Ladies and gentlemen, give Nate a hand. Good job, Nate. This has been a big moment. I'm glad that we had this cleanse together. You and me. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is big. I feel closer to you, buddy. You should. I, I'm taking the nail. Hot damn. Like last week when you said, I'm a fish, I know you only said it because I cajoled you into it. You didn't actually think you were a fish, even though you were a fish, but this is, this is a breakthrough. I'm, I'm happy about this. I feel good about this, man. You should. Hashtag virtual hug. Uh, what did you do at DST? 
Uh, I went Packers. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, it was just the the cheapest play that I thought was viable. Yeah, I they were twenty one hundred. Is that right? Yeah, I got lucky. I mean, they ended up with like thirteen and smashed. Yeah, I I also went with the Packers. Again, like it's one of those things. I'm just really okay taking any DST that is at home as a significant favorite. I think there were five point favorites in this game. Yep. And it's like just next to the stone minimum. And and it's like, yes, they ran good to like get a pick six. Those things are highly variable. But the reality was, is they were ahead the whole game. They forced Atlanta to throw a bunch. Um, And bad things can happen when a team is going to throw a bunch and the other team knows they're going to throw a bunch, you know, they're forced into it. And you know, that, I mean, that was, that was just a good play. It was just a good play. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that, that I felt good about. I didn't have enough. Did you, did you have much Aaron Jones exposure in like uh, tournaments or anything? Uh, I, I don't want to say I had a lot. I definitely had some, he was definitely in my player pool. Yeah. But because I didn't know what to do with him this week, and I was I was debating uh, trying to get an Aaron Jones Packers, you know, running back DST stack. Instead, I went uh, DJ. But but yeah, I was pretty high on the Packers defense this week. Yeah, and and they were only eight percent owned, and it just it just is crazy to me every week that home favorites that are cheap. Yeah, that are just so so cheap. Like, it just allows you to do everything else you want with your lineup and people don't play them. And it's like, dude, the Chargers scored like three points. They were at home against the the Bengals. Obviously, they didn't play nearly as well as I thought they would, but it's like, why am I going to spend $1,400 more on a DST? Like, it's just so bad. It's it's bad. Like, use that extra money to pay up at tight end or get a better receiver or something like that. Get off of Portland. Frickin' Sutton. <laughs> right, yeah. Upgrade from Cortland Sutton is probably a good idea. Um, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper smash, bro. What did he end up with? Like, uh, two, three two 17 right? and three touchdowns, I want to say. Yeah, so it was like 50 DraftKings points. Yeah, it sounds, sounds about right. Never really considered him for cash, but I did write him up this week as a tournament play. I didn't end up having nearly as much of him as I would have liked. Um, But we need to start considering him as like a top wide receiver, I think right now, because even before this week over the last, since he joined Dallas, he had a 25% team target share. Clearly their number one option. Like that's, that's elite usage. Yeah. He was, he smashed. Yeah. He just did. I just, I missed it. I didn't have any of that game. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's so so some of these games are tough, especially these divisional games where they're meeting for the second time because, you know, there's there's things that show that those games don't end up scoring as much as we think they will. Um, you know, and that was probably an issue with me when I had, you know, Watson to DeAndre Hopkins in a game versus the Colts, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh those are those are things you need to watch out for. Um what other takeaways do you have here? What did you learn today? Besides, besides your uh, target share epiphany, I think I've learned that like we're in week fourteen, uh, almost week fifteen now, starting next week. Groupthink is stronger than ever at this point, and cash lineups are getting more and more chalky. And I think you need to start picking where you're going to get off the 
the the group think train at this point, or I don't think you're going to actually be making money in cash games at this point. I think earlier on in the season, one, two, three weeks, you know, it's okay to to go with the chalky guys. But I think the more the later we get in the season, the more the powerful group think is, and I think it's important to pick where am I going to actually take my stands here. Um, and I That's think like this week, I think this week. I was like blown away by the power of group think just with like how many people were like riding with like, Oh, green Bay's going to smash. We should, you know, do this or we should do this or, Oh, uh, Jackson's going to get all this workload for San Diego and this is going to happen and this is going to happen. And it's like, you know, we, we'd read one report and all of a sudden people are changing their cash game lineups around and it's like, Oh my gosh, you know, or the Cortland Sutton thing, which is just like, that was total group think. And he was so old. Like, what was I thinking? You know, yeah. Yeah. I think, and another thing when we're talking about groupthink is in tournaments, it's not just enough to get off plays that other people are really into. It's constructing your lineup in a unique way, right? Like I was talking about, there wasn't a lot of middle this week. So many guys in that five to 6.5 K range on DraftKings were just not owned at all, especially Amari Cooper or David Johnson. Um, because there were good cheap options. And so that's a, you know, that opens up enough cash for you to get elite off, uh, high price guys. So the real contrarian way to do things is to middle it and start getting guys in that middle range that nobody is playing because of the new dynamic of these injured, uh, re- these injury replacements coming through. And I think that's a big thing in tournaments. Uh, again, I liked Cooper a lot. Um, talked about him, wrote about him, talked about him on the Soulcast, et cetera. Still didn't have enough of him in GPP. And, and, and I think that was a failing by me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's talk about showdown for a minute. Let's do it. So, so we have, uh, Minnesota going into Seattle Seattle is a three-point favorite here. Uh, what are your overall thoughts about this game, uh, just in terms of how you think the, the game is going to operate and, and how you're going to choose to make that uh, part of what you do in Showdown? Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, I'm probably going to have quite a bit of Minnesota passing exposure, but not much Minnesota rushing uh, exposure here. Almost like no, I don't. I don't want to mess with Delvin here at all. So, so you, uh, so you think that Seattle as a three-point favorite, you, you think that's the sharp side that they're gonna be more in control of this game? Yeah. If I had to say, like, who are the players that I want to have? It's gonna be these Seattle receivers. I want. I want to have, like, I want to have more of the field on guys like David Moore on guys like uh, Vanette, obviously Wilson, you know, even like Doug Baldwin. I know, I know Davis would be here calling him Dusty Doug, but like – Dusty Doug! Dusty Doug, bro! Tyler Lockett obviously has has huge upside here. Um, you know, guys like John – I mean, I don't know. I, I, I want Seattle's side here. And then I think, obviously, I'd, I'd mix around with some Diggs and Thielen and Treadwell, but I want to fade – I want to fade Minnesota as much as, you know – as much as possible, obviously. So what do you think of the Seattle rushing game? Uh, obviously, Carson is kind of the lead back there. These these guys don't get a lot of passing usage in general, um, any of them. 
but Chris Carson, definitely kind of the lead back there. There's a weird kind of thing going on with Rashad Penny mm-hmm. where, you know, he, he had, he's questionable. He had this injury that, that kind of popped up. Um, we're not sure if he's going to be active, although there hasn't been a lot of talk that he's going to be inactive. He's kind of stolen some, some work in the last couple of weeks and looked pretty good doing it. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think about Penny? Is, is this a spot where you would use him in like large field GPPs or you just think it's too thin? No, I think it's too thin. I think if anything, I would go down to Davis. Interesting. Mike Davis. He's 2.6. Yeah. Uh, which I think, you know, if you're looking for a Seattle running back, I think he'd be the one that I would look at. Uh, I think Davis has potential to see just as high of a target share as, as Carson um, and at uh, half of the salary and I'm assuming a 10th of the ownership probably. Yeah. That's where I would go. So I think that, I think that if I had one receiving option, obviously he's the most expensive. Uh, I, I like Adam Thielen the best and that's not a, that's not a hot take. Yeah. But, I, this thing with Diggs, like I've been a Diggs owner in seasonal the last couple seasons, and the thing where he's on the injury report and he doesn't play that well is real. And I don't even know, I think he might have been taken off the injury report this week, but it was just, you know, seven days ago that the guy woke up and his knee was swollen and he was a game time decision. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not like super sold that that just like, oh, it's cool now, like it's all good. So. Uh, so I'm a little iffy on Stefan Diggs. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I, I see that. I mean, so then are you looking at Treadwell? Uh, not necessarily Treadwell. Um, I could definitely be talked into some Kyle Rudolph. And I'm not nearly as down on Dalvin as you are. Uh, but obviously, I come from I, – I come at this showdown from a real, like, GPP perspective. I don't play showdown cash. Yeah. So uh, Seattle's actually been really susceptible to the run lately. Run D has not been amazing. Dalvin's actually been getting a decent amount of look th- uh, work through the air. Not a ton. Um, obviously, last week was like a big outlier for him. But he's been getting three to four targets uh, through, the, through the air every week. Uh, just hasn't really been getting bell cow carries. But they've kind of like used Latavius when they have leads to yeah. like hammer the game away. They, they don't use Dalvin for that right now. So if you, yep. I guess what I'm saying is if you buy that Seattle is going to be in the lead, I think Dalvin gets a decent amount of work through the air. I can yeah, see, I can see five that. targets from him. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. And if you think Seattle's going to be in the lead, maybe going with some Aldrich Robinson mm-hmm. um, as well. But I actually, I mean, I know people hate Doug Baldwin, but I could see Doug Baldwin smashing here. Well, that's the thing is I don't think people are going to own Baldwin. You know what I mean? Because he, he's not having a great season. He's highly questionable game time decision. And I think any time that a guy is hurt, people start making lineups before they even know if he's going to be in or out. And so they're like, oh, Baldwin game time decision. No, I'm not making lineups with him in it. So I think naturally his ownership will be lower. Yeah. I could see. It. I mean, he's been so- – so yeah. I, I'm actually agreeing with you. I think in, in tournaments, I think, he's, I think he's a fine play. Are there any, like, lower price guys? I mean, I, I think in showdown, if you want to bink a big GPP, you need to have, like, that random touchdown. 
that every that just tilts all of Twitter. Everybody on Twitter just like freaks out, and you're the guy with them, and you're just like, ah, what's up? Uh, are there any guys down there who you see as as potential like touchdown dudes? Just total one offs. Um... He's not. He's not that cheap. I think. I think you mentioned David Moore earlier. Yeah, David Moore's fifty two hundred. So I mean, I would say he's probably the one guy um, that is probably going to go overlooked. Maybe Jerron Brown if if Baldwin's not active. Mm-hmm. I like. I like Van Nett. You know, I played Van Nett that one week in cash, and he and he had one catch for one touchdown. Busy, right. So yeah. Yep. I've loved him ever since. I can see that. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big David Moore guy. I like David Moore. You like air yards. Yeah, I like yeah. David Moore. <laughs> Every year, Seattle's got some dude, like Paul Richardson or whoever it is, that like just goes up and catches like a bunch of touchdowns here and there. Yeah, I mean, the volume hasn't been there the last like three weeks for him the way it was. Or, no, it, actually, okay, it has. Okay, it's 12 through 11. Yeah, I mean, he's seen over 100 air yards the last two weeks. Like, yeah, give me some of that. Yeah, he might he might actually be like a staple for me in tournament lineups. Yeah. David Moore, baby. I'm in. I'm in. I think if you if you want to be contrarian about this game, obviously you say that Minnesota wins the game and they handle the game. That's the contrarian take on this game. So if you buy into that, um, I think Minnesota defense is a play. And I think that, you know, like Kickers are a play, like Dan Bailey is a play in that regard, and running backs. If if you think this game has like Bears slash uh, Rams Sunday night potential, yeah, I mean that's why I didn't make here. I don't I don't think quite as much, but I think there's a scenario where it could happen. Yeah, that's that's those are the showdown slates that I don't make money. If it takes kickers and defenses and running backs to win a showdown slate, I'm not gonna win. Right, but that but that's the thing. Like again, like I don't play showdown cash. You do, right? Yeah, and it's been very <laughs> profitable this season. People make some really bad showdown lineups, like really, really bad showdown lineups. Yeah, I need to. I people need to play, play showdown cash. People, like it's definitely like inactive. People play inactives all the time, and I'm like, what is happening? Oh my god! Yeah, I need to do this. I need. You know what? All they're like, all the they'll like kick. They'll like captain a guy who's like not gonna see a touch. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah. maybe a GPP flyer, and they'll captain captain him and it's like what are you doing i'm leaving money on the table by not playing showdown cash i think you are yeah i'm an idiot i'm like i'm like eking out like just crossing the cash line in main slates and not playing showdown not good sammy i i'm a fish what, what can i say dude usually i get too lazy i'm like it takes me all this time to research the main slate and then showdown i'm like okay like i'll throw some lineups in to try and bink something but like I, I I just I got other stuff to do, and I, I think it. I'm leaving value on the table. I get it. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, real fast before we get out of here, Nate, let's make fun of Davis's lineup a little bit. Can we do that? I mean, what did he even do? Because he paid up for Mahomes, paid up for. He went Mahomes, oh Kelsey, Sutton, and Godwin. Oof. Yeah. That and that was that was the killer. I think that. A, Davis is a fish, but B, that's how